So you see, every day, every week, every month, and every year of my life, my hero's always 10 years away. I'm never going to be my hero. I'm not going to attain that. I know I'm not. And that's just fine with me because that keeps me with somebody to keep on chasing. everyone and welcome to episode one of wisdom with friends my name is dave Izbitsky, and this podcast was the genesis of an idea i had with a really good friend phil voltrauer someone i've known for going on almost 30 years and uh you know we've always been very fortunate to have each other we've uh We've talked, even when we first met in college, uh, on all sorts of topics for hours. And uh, as we've gotten older, we've shared wisdom we've learned, mistakes we've made, career advice. We've helped each other through a bunch of stuff. And the idea of this podcast is hopefully to share some of that wisdom. It's not all going to be the correct kind of advice for everybody and in fact we may change our minds over time as we learn more and more stuff but i hope that uh you enjoy the podcast and that you learn some wisdom with friends all right so you and i phil have oh man what was it 92 was it 92 when we first met yep september 1992 all right. So this year it'll be, if I can do math, 26 years. Yeah. Um, so a little over a quarter century. And when we first started talking about doing a podcast, like for me, when I think about people that I've known for this long, besides the fact that you and I are always deep thinkers and we've always had like these really intense conversations over the years, you and I have always had this vibe where we never take what the other person says for granted. Like we call each other out on our BS, (laughs) which I love. Like there's a lot of people through life that just kind of go along with what their friends say. And I think we've both grown as individuals, um, as that. And that's why I thought it'd be really cool when we have a podcast because we're not always going to agree on things. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think a lot of people today have lost the ability to actually have an honest and real conversation with people who don't 100% completely believe what they believe. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is, you know, 26 years of friendship, but, but it hasn't been this, the same relationship throughout that 26 years. You know, we, um, you know, obviously we met in college and, and, uh, we're very tight and then we drifted apart and then we came together and drifted apart. You know, we had these sort of ebbs and flows in our relationship. And so I think one one of the things that's been very cool recently is that you kind of gave up on social media as a way to, to communicate with people and including me. And so we've had to figure out other ways to do it. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, um, it was because I still do LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram and I have a pod and I do all of that. But for and it's interesting you say social media like that because I think for a lot of people Facebook is that interaction on a personal level. And I made a a, a personal choice after the election, November. When was that? Now November twenty sixteen, right after the U.S. election, where when I was seeing things come across, I was judging people. Yeah. And I've always, I mean, you knew me when I was a younger dude, like I was, I have really had, um, I had what my thoughts on people were sometimes just within 30 seconds of meeting them. And what I've learned as I've gotten older is to fight that. And 99.9% of the time, my first um, impressions with people's wrong. <laughs> you know, I, I bring so many prejudices, my own biases. And so I was like, man, these are people I've known for years. There's family, they're friends, and I'm starting to judge them and have angst to these people. And I, and I called myself out on my own BS where I'm like, you know what? If you're actually interested in what these people think, because human beings aren't a post on a, on a website, right? There's like so many different facets to a human being. I'm like, you need to go and reach out to these people. And so 
I, it's been that long. I have not been on Facebook and it's funny. My, uh, we could just use our, uh, actually, you know what, you, you know, my wife, you've known her for years and she's a very private person. So I'm not going to use her name right now, but she, um, was like, Hey, I'll, I'll keep you updated. And that has not happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She posts pictures every now and then, but I, yeah, I, and I, I don't even know. I, I've taken a step back also. I, I'm certainly not as active as I used to be, but for, for some of the same reasons, but mostly just because, um, you know, life has kind of moved on for me also. It's just not, it's not the way that I really get any sort of value. And, the the person that I am on Facebook is not who I am anyhow. You know, I mean, I, I limit it just to sharing stuff for my parents and my family and stuff, you know, keeping them up to date on the kids and then just whatever goofy stuff I come across. But I, I'm not opening up to people in any way on there. Yeah. And it's, you know, what? It, that's like you, you hit on something there because we've got, you know, we have Father's Day coming up. We're recording this uh, right before Father's Day. And like that is a big thing with grandkids and grandparents I find with Facebook is that before that came along, unless I emailed my parents something or we got together, they felt like they weren't seeing the day-to-day lives. And I don't think that's been necessarily show. Like, I feel like we all know it, but I don't think that's necessarily been um, talked about enough in that that generation I think is really the first generation that has this digital connection with seeing their grand what's going on in their grandkids' lives all the yeah. time. Oh yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I remember coming out of high school and thinking I'm never gonna see these people again and all of a sudden <laughs> now I see them every single day of my life, you know. It's like uh you almost can't get away from them. I see some I see them more than I see you. <laughs> yeah. And it's you know, I almost forgot about that transition because my oldest daughter, whom you know, um and I'm just—it's going to be impossible for not to use their names. Um, and she's 14, and she just graduated um, eighth grade. Came home very upset, and she said people were weeping on the on the bus. And I was like, "Wow, I remember that now. Actually, that transition because these kids are all connected, mm-hmm. and they're now they're moving from during the summertime. They may all be connected through social media, but they're not going to see each other face to face every day." Yeah. Yeah. And I, so that's still there. You know? I, I used to send my, you know, as you know, I used to go all the way to Arkansas for my summers and I would actually send, I would yeah. mail letters to my friends so that they would know what was going on in my life. And they would like mail me letters back, drawings and all sorts of other stuff. I mean, that's just unheard of now. My kids probably wouldn't even know how to address an envelope. <laughs> formal. We learned formal and informal writing styles. Totally. In, in school too. Yeah. You know, I, uh, and there was pen pal stuff growing up and, uh, yeah, I remember getting letters at camp. I used to go to summer camp for two weeks, and uh, just you always wanted to get mail. In fact, my nephew, um, he went away to camp, and we wrote him letters. They were still doing the letters because they weren't supposed to have screens, and I thought that was pretty cool mm-hmm. to kind of see that. But yeah, it's interesting. And you had said something a couple of years ago that's always stuck with me is that friendships – take work like you have to put the time into it and i think social media gives people the impression that they're putting the time into it but it's very passive oh yeah it's not investing in people and so that's um that's something i've tried to do now with getting off of facebook is hey if we're gonna go hang out we want to go see a movie let's all go see a movie even if it sucks yeah (laughs) but you know, it's like you got to invest the time in people. And we're also, uh, everybody's pretty far apart. I think everybody's at least an hour away now, right? Yeah, all an the, hour, all two hours. Yep. I don't have anyone closer than an hour, I don't think, except maybe Jeff. Yeah. And mine's the exception now with uh, my brother, Mike, and my brother-in-law, Neil, uh, both being within 15 to 20 minutes. But that's a whole new thing for me, too, because now I'm like, are, are the cousins and all our kids going to grow up and know each other? Mm-hmm. Who knows, right? Yeah, definitely interesting. I I remember, um, I don't know if you remember this, but the summer between our freshman and college, uh, freshman and sophomore years of college, when you and I didn't call each other. (laughs) And then when we, uh, I think we finally wound up hanging out. And um, 
and you and <laughs> you were like, yeah, you know, I, did, I figured you'd just call me if you wanted to hang out. And I was like, yeah, I kind of figured the same thing. I was wondering why I didn't hear from you for two months. And we, I think we, we wound up getting together a week before school started again. And it was like, okay, well, well, that probably wouldn't happen today. You know, I mean, we, we'd, uh, we'd certainly, assuming that we were connected yeah. the way these kids are. Well, I, uh, so, the, you know, the, the purpose of the podcast is what we're going to do is every week. So for the people listening to the show, every week we're going to pick a topic. And maybe sometimes that topic will be a word and just kind of chat about it. It's not an interview. It's just us rapping. We may bring other people on. And because we've been talking about friendship, I think we should we should use that as a topic for this first one because we've cool. naturally kind of flown into that. Mm-hmm. And um, what you just said, I think, is something that I try and instill in my kids is that as you go through time, there are so many memories in our brains that are locked away that – is hidden within your friendships. And what I mean by that is I totally don't remember that at all. <laughs> and then you just saying that I'm like, that sounds totally like me. Mm-hmm. And then I'll probably start remembering other things from that too. And so I'm a very self-reflective person and I find out like, there's so many things that I forgot that I did or that I need to know. And when you have people that you've been friends with so long, just the reminiscing is huge. Yeah. Yeah, it actually it even goes a step beyond that. Your your ex-girlfriend was the one who who brought it up because neither you nor I would talk about it. So she was like, you know, <laughs> male pride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, "So Phil, why haven't you called? You know, Dave's been waiting all summer." And I said, "I've been waiting for him to call me, you know. It's not like I went anywhere." So, funny. That's so funny. And it was like before games. So to kind of put this in perspective, um that would have been 93, mm-hmm. right? And so 93, man, was the was the first PlayStation out in 93? Let me see. When was PlayStation? No, I don't launched? think so. I think it was another summer. We still had the 3DO. 94. 94. So December 94 was the first. Yeah. So people don't remember 3DO. So we've always been, we should probably take a step back. We've always been huge gamers. Mm-hmm. And oh, I mean, huge gamers as in starting out in Commodore and the original Sega and Nintendo Entertainment System. And like, we didn't know that. And so uh, like when we went to college, we were both in, in the honors program at NJIT, New Jersey Institute of Technology. And we didn't pick a, we didn't pick a, a roommate. And it was really scary not knowing this is a person you're going to actually spend that entire semester with. And uh, the, I remember when you walked in, and it must have been like within the first five minutes we were talking about video games and Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, well, because you had posters up. You had uh, oh, you had some of your D and D posters I did. up. So I was like, <laughs> "All right, all right, I think we can get along." Yeah, it must have been like Dragonlance or something like that. It was totally in the Dragonlance, Forgotten, Forgotten Realms. Realms. Yeah, there you go, Forgotten Realms. And so, yeah, just by off chance, um, wound up somebody that had a similar background Mm -hmm. like that. And it's interesting today. I was just on another podcast. I was talking about the instance and the Chris Metzen episode they did, which I believe you, you've heard. Um, And when he was talking about growing up geek and it's hard nowadays to tell someone how like not everybody gamed, everybody was outside, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody was doing, things it wasn't like it was mainstream and nowadays superheroes that were in comic books when we grow up are like the thing it was it was funny because it was was unheard of when those batman movies came out with uh with jack nicholson and michael keaton it was like uh, you know uh, out of body experience for me because i finally got to see my thing being on the big screen you know before that it was always fringe stuff yeah and you were always like you knew Frank Miller and Batman and like the whole, like you, you taught me a lot about comics because I would, I would say I was like, I wasn't, it was like, a, I always loved the genre, but I never was deep in anything, which is very funny, right? Because I always became like this lore nerd as we went into like world of Warcraft and other things where I always wanted to know the back history, right. but I wasn't like that with comics. I think it was very overwhelming and then that's when Spawn came out, and I kind of started from 
the very beginning. Yeah. So it was easier for me to kind of follow that. But you gave me that appreciation of it, really explaining like who Todd McFarlane was. And it was super interesting because the other night, Jim Lee, who you also introduced me to and now is over at DC, um, I was watching a video when I when I uh, chatted with you about Pantheon, which is the um, the the creators of EverQuest are creating that again. And I was just reminiscing when we were playing EverQuest. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim Lee played EverQuest for yeah, big a lot. And, so he, and he was talking about it. <laughs> and I was started thinking back to comic books. I was like, I remember when you introduced me to everything he yeah. was doing. Yep, yep. So I think that's uh, that's something that's important about friendship too, is that over time you approach life and life throws many different things at you. And it's interesting to find somebody who's very similar with you. Like I have this theory, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I see it in my, my oldest order too. I have this theory that the essence, the core of who I am is the same as when I was 14. And I think 14 is kind of like that age, right? Now, I wasn't, I didn't have the experience and I didn't have the lessons that I would learn and the wisdom. But what I mean is like the, 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 what I gravitate towards, mm-hmm. what gets me excited, how I approach things. Like it's, it's like the, the root the foundation of your personality. And I feel like that's molded, um, by that age, yeah. you know, my, and, um, it's interesting now to look back and say, all right, well now that I am 44, so what has 30 years done to that 14 year old? And sometimes I still feel like a 14 year old. I'm oh, waiting yeah. for the adult to come into the room. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It, you know, obviously, you can't ever go back and and experience what it was like back then. You know, it's only looking at it in you know from the lens of you know a forty something year old dude. But um, you know, a lot of the things that lit my fire in the nineties and eighties are things that still light my fire now. You know, what's really changed is is the family aspect of things and and me not being. Uh, the focus of it anymore, you know. Now it's about getting my kids to to love some of this stuff, and I, I, you know, I try and show them the movies that I loved when I was a kid, try and introduce them to the things that I love because if they get to know that stuff, they'll get to know me. Yeah, it's funny you say that because my kids, so like the term is photoshopped. Like I showed them Never Ending Story, and they're like, "This looks photoshopped." <laughs> That's funny. so, and I'm like, "No, it's not photo. That even exists. It's puppets." Uh-huh. You know, it's, yeah. It, but it's it's the same. Um, it's interesting how that how that has has changed looking back. And yeah, I totally agree. I think it's very interesting because as we're getting older now and we're going to be at a point where our kids are off on their own within the next 10 years, right? That I start to think about, well, what does it mean when I don't have them day to day? It's like you get back to being a person again. Right. Because it's been for so long. And this is what, you know, in my day job, what I love is it, it skews a lot younger. So I do meet a lot of people that are just starting out being parents and it brings back all these memories of when I first started and suddenly I realized there's this lack of control, right? Is that I think by the time, by the time you become a parent, you've already figured out how to guard what hurts you and you, and you, you, you like really good at that. And then suddenly you wear your heart on your sleeve. You realize like, Oh my goodness, what can hurt me the most is this other human being that I can't completely control and protect. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's fun, You know, so, so, um, full disclosure, I made, um, divorce father of four. And so I actually experienced that exact thing where, sometimes I have my kids and sometimes I don't have my kids, you know? And so I know what it's like to, to not have them around all the time. And then I know, you know, it makes you appreciate that much more when they are around. Um, yeah. It's just, uh, you know, it's one of those things that took a little getting used to, but I do, you know, when I do have my me time, I definitely, uh, definitely try and make sure that I invest in, in people like you and my friends and obviously in myself and, um, can do stuff like this. And I have, um, like I, when I, when I say I can relate a little bit into that, it's not what you went through. It's the situation of where I could be gone two weeks right. every month and where I'm physically away from them mm-hmm. and I'm just Dave again. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, like, um, my wife doesn't have that. So there's like, she's always mom, but I literally don't have to be a dad I wind up talking about them and stuff, but it's that weird um, 
stepping in and out of roles mm-hmm. um, that I could kind of understand. You know, there's no way I can understand what you've completely gone through, um, but I, I mean, I can understand a little bit of um, what that means. You know, when you're 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 not. You don't see them physically. Yeah. I mean, listen, people can get used to anything. And, you know, you, if you have the right mindset, you learn to enjoy it. And, and uh, you know, you, you appreciate the time you have. And then you appreciate the time that, you you know, you have to yourself. I mean, you, you can make the best out of just about any situation. So, um you know, it's true. So, so we're so we're talking about friendship, right? And as you were talking, I was thinking of the fact that you know there are people that that you drift away from, and there are people that you still stick with after twenty six years, and it's because you, because we're not still talking about stuff that happened twenty six years ago. You know, like this conversation right now, the reason why our friendship is maintained is because we're still talking about stuff that's happening to us yesterday and today and tomorrow. And, and you know, um, you know, we don't get together and, and say, hey, remember when we were at NJIT doing, you know, whatever, uh, you know, after class. Uh, I mean, our, um, I don't know if you've gotten done done the whole um, you know, high school reunion thing, or if you've gotten together with friends that you haven't seen for a while and all you're doing is talking about the past, you know, it's, it's, uh, one of the things that, that I think that our core group of friends has been able to do is still stick together because we're not living in, in the, uh, you know, the, the 20 years ago. Yeah. I think, you know, what's also interesting is if you start to look at the core group, we're all in tech. Yeah. And so Except I Kev. think, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? He does have technology. Like he, like because he plays video games and he's been around the tech and I know he was trying to do stuff with his job too. Like there's this switch, I think, in your brain that says, I love new stuff, mm-hmm. right? Because that's, I think, why you gravitate towards tech naturally is you love change and the Im- impact of that, right? Right. You, Going into tech, you know it's not going to be the same thing when you retire that when you start out with, and that makes it exciting. And so I think a lot of the people we chose to be friends with, because of that, there's, you know, like you get together and everybody's got the latest phone or everybody's talking about the new, uh, you know, rig that they built with their computer, right? There's always some kind of like technical trend. Right. And then I also think gaming too, because we're all gamers, everybody's kind of looking for what's the new thing, uh, whether we're not, whether we're all playing the same game or not. I think that keeps you young. It keeps your mind young. And I don't think our, our parents, that generation had that, mm-hmm. you know, I remember my parents talking about playing cards and stuff like that, right. but chess, um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they played, uh, uh, it was not like go fish. It was Jim Rummy, Rummy or yeah. something. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they would have pizza and they would do that kind of stuff. But yeah. I think we're the first generation that grew up gaming, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that does impact friendships in that I have, when I reflect back, I have memories and they're the same as normal memories, but they're memories of hanging out with you and some of the other guys. And we're like going through dungeons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're like, we're in wars and helicopters oh, yeah. and we're like, there is, I feel like, and we, sh- I think we all struggled with this when we were younger, me especially. Um, and I can see this in my oldest daughter too, is that I would say things and then I would say, it's just a game. It's just a game. Uh, and I remember Neil, my brother-in-law telling me, Dave, it's not a game when people's feelings are involved. And that always stuck to me with me. That's true. For a really long time. And I was like, you know what? Like, it doesn't matter whether you're all hanging out together IRL, right, in real life, or you're in this virtual space. When you're interacting with people, you can actually destroy friendships based on the things that you're saying. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> Even though it's a game. So, so yeah, me, and we so Let me tell you a story about me and Neil, right? Um, we were playing World of Warcraft years and years and years ago, and – you know, we were on voice chat kind of like this, but but Neil and I were playing together and it was, I don't know if you remember arenas, but it's this very competitive, you know, two people versus two oh, yeah. strangers thing. And You were amazing at arenas well, well, the last time we played. Well, thank you. Um, but so he and I were trying to kind of figure some stuff out and he got frustrated and he quit. And Ke- Kevin was listening, right? And so Kevin has known me since I'm like t- 10 years old. You know, I mean, he's known me almost my entire life. And so... I was just like, all right, Neil, you know what? Then I'm going to take five. And when I, when I got off of, of the microphone, Kevin told Neil, he said, he said, Neil, one thing you don't ever do 
is quit on Phil because he he will he will fail and fail and fail until he succeeds and then he will kick the crap out of everybody <laughs> you know that's that's what makes it that's what makes him tick is that desire to you know to figure it out and so if you if you yeah. take that from him he's not going to want to do this with you again yeah and that's like that's like me. It's got nothing to do with the game. That's just me, you know. It doesn't matter. Oh what yeah, I mean, you see that. Per- I mean, well, I saw that because when we went back into arenas, I would die in like the first ten seconds, and then you, you would just own and win the match by getting both of the opponents. <laughs> yeah, you got. And I was like, it was like, and that's why I still think you should go do like a Twitch channel or something like that. I think you'd uh, because I see that now. There, when there are people who are really, really good at video games, they get amazing. Uh, following oh i'm sure they do um you know there's uh, on there's there's uh, amazing and then there's just amazing compared to uh, your five other friends (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) that any of us were that were that great to begin with and you know it's it's like um i see that now with my kids and gaming the uh because they're all playing Fortnite now yeah Right, and they were playing. I, I would say they're switching in between overnight, uh, uh, overnight, Overwatch and Fortnite. Yeah. Um, but there's something, there's something really uh, unique about competitive play in a virtual environment. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, it tells you who you are, right? Because when you have that game rage, if you've lost, how you respond to another human being when you can't see them eye to eye, because eye to eye contact is so huge too. Oh, yeah. When it's just a voice, how do you treat that person when you're in that emotional state? And that's something that's taking, you know, that took me a long time. I think as I got older, I got better at it, but I was, uh, I see that now. My kids, I'm constantly like, you got to be careful what you say. Yeah. You know, it's funny because, um, you know, our, our wives and, and some, some of the women in our lives are not accustomed to that. You know, they didn't see us when we were that age. They see us now sort of having a little more under control. And so when they, when, like when my son starts to freak out, um, you know, it's, it's a whole different, like, they don't know what's going on. They just assume that it's like this terrible thing. They don't realize <laughs> that that's kind of like, you know, oh, yeah. it's not, it's not the, maybe the right thing to do all the time, but it's, it's normal. And their friends are raging out on them as well. You know, it's, it's just kind of how it goes when you're in, in those situations. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I think there's a certain vernacular within a certain age group mm-hmm. too, because that's something we struggle with in my house is that my oldest, I am not a, uh, I'd say when I was her age, I did curse a lot. And as time went by, I found, you know, it's actually harder not to curse. And what do I want to like portray as who I am? And then especially when I became a father, I didn't want any of those words around. And so the way that I talk and I describe things, she looks at is, stupid and kind of like straight lace right and so i mean i hear her over the headphones i have to go in there sometimes and she's like dad everybody talks like that it's just the way it is and i'm like well not in my house or in front of me like you could you don't have to agree with me you have to respect me and that's been like such a thing but i also think that's true in friendship too is that you don't have to agree but you have to respect and the other thing i've come to learn as time as goes by is it's, you know, we, we should probably have some of our female friends on too, because I find that friendship for men, and you could correct me if I'm wrong. So much of it is about respect. Mm -hmm. It's the language of respect. Are your actions dictating respect? I feel like men convey love through respect, but that's not the case. I mean, it is somewhat, but it's not the language in which, women speak, right? Women speak in the language of, um, I don't even know if this is a word, reciprocity. It's like, um, if you give, if one woman gives uh, another woman a compliment, then they immediately give the other person. I know what you're saying. Yes. Yes. So it's like an elevating, you elevate each other, you help each other. So, um, I think as men, we're very used to, uh, like a pyramid scheme. Like Mm -hmm. it's okay as a guy to say, 
you know, this feels like way better at esports than I am. And he's a natural athlete and I'll never be as good. Right. And you could say something and, and I'm totally like fine with that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to elevate me too. Cause I kind of know, but that's totally not the way yeah. that it works oh, in the other. So I, yep. It's hilarious because, you know, sometimes I'll hang out with you guys and I'll get home and my wife will be, you know, she'll, she'll ask, so did you talk about us? You know, did the, you know, what's going on with so-and-so's uh, mom? And I'll be like, I have no idea. We don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. We don't talk about it's those like, things. You know, I don't know what's going on with so-and-so's, you know, sister-in-law's divorce or whatever. Like that's, that's not the, that's not why we got together, you know, but that's, yeah, that's how they I, communicate. I, you know, that's, that's the focus. That's how they, um, that's how they come together as friends. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I feel that, um, and it's always been this way. I, I, is that men, when they all get together and it's different, I find one-to-one, I think I'll have a tendency if it's just me, like if it's just me and you, we'll have a tendency to go into some deeper conversations and sometimes with three people, but if you get a group of men, so you've got four or five guys or more, it's very much in the moment. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're experiencing what's happening now, yeah. whether that's hanging out and you know you're or you're doing sports or you're watching a movie or you're going fishing or you're whatever you're doing, you're like in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas and this is what I what I totally respect about women is I've been at conferences where there's like ten women in a room and they're super deep conversations, and as somebody who's um, grown up being like somebody who feels things. It's it's funny. I've been going through this a lot, like thinking back, like through school, a lot of my friends were women. I remember like talking on the phone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is people, there's probably going to be guys that are laughing at me, but I used to talk for hours on the phone with my women friends because guys weren't doing that. Right. Like I would hang out, we would skate together. We would do, you know, we would, we would play video games, but we wouldn't like talk about life. And that was always unique about you and I as a friendship is like we could do that and it was okay. We wouldn't make fun of each other being like, dude, why are you having all these emotions? Yeah. Like we could, you know what? We weren't competing either. You know, sometimes there's this whole like pissing contest between, you know, men of who's got, who's got what and who's, you know, better than who. And I think one of the things that's really been working for us for the last 26 years is that. Like we don't ever compare. I mean, you know, we, we appreciate one another for who we are and, and there's no uh, trying to one up or, you know, I mean, I can tell you that, you know, when I've had my lows, you've been there. When I've had my highs, you've been there. I mean, it's, it's the same Dave every time. Well, oh, thanks, man. I, uh, and I feel the same way. And I, it's interesting. You're right. It's because we even had different majors. We had like, we've always been similar people, but in different situations in life. Mm-hmm. If I think about it, like even when we started our careers, I was on the dev side and you were on the DevOps side. <laughs> so it's like, we've never had a situation where we were both at work in the same job in the same group right. trying to never. get noticed. I think you were, yeah. you were doing the DevOps stuff before I joined the company. And then you went to the dev oh, side, yeah. like I, literally yeah. in, uh, within a couple months. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They were just starting up a dev group and I was like, oh, I can make more money if I write code. <laughs> I think I'll I'll go back to doing that stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I, I'm trying to think if there's anybody I like, cause I very rarely get competitive anymore on a one-to-one level. Mm-hmm. And especially in my career now, I'm at such a place where I feel like I need to highlight other people. Yeah. So I, I feel like when I get competitive, it's, it's almost like the dad in me where I feel like I'm angry that somebody else isn't getting the recognition. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. No, it definitely makes sense. Yeah. And so it's like that kind of, that kind of stuff. So maybe I am competitive in what I feel are like, I'm competitive in who I think should be getting attention. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. No, it does make sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you know, for, for me, as my career has changed, um, you know, as you know, I'm an extremely competitive person and I, and I always will be, but who, you know, that, that person can't manifest himself in every situation, you know, especially when it comes to my career and, you know, with my kids, like, you know, I mean, my son gets mad at me because every time we pay basketball, it comes down to game point. 
but I, you know, that's on purpose because I always adjust my own style of play and, and I adjust the rules and I adjust everything to make it so that it is an evenly matched thing. You know, I don't want to ever have him think that, that I'm letting him win. And at the same time, I don't want, yeah. I want him to ever think I'm trying to beat him. You know, I'm just trying to, uh, to, to bring out the, and, and the rules have changed over the years, you know, and when the youngest boy comes into it and all of a sudden he's like, dad, that's not fair. You can't let him, you know, just run right up and not block a shot the way you block mine. Well, when you were eight, I was doing the same thing for you. So, so, uh, you know, that's just how it works, yeah. kid. I, um, I think so what we should probably do, um, is for friendship, cause I've seen some themes here. Let's, you know, maybe the three things that we think people should focus on. And the first thing, obviously, what we talked about is invest real time, mm-hmm. right? So not social media time, actually going and seeing. So maybe we say invest, invest real. I almost want to say FaceTime, but that's like technical. <laughs> invest, uh, invest. It's like, um, what's the best way you would describe it? It's like physicality. It's It's doing things together in life. In person, yeah, yeah. Well, as you know, I've I've made a commitment to to all all of the core, you know, our core crew. That no matter how you know, let's use the words crazy, hectic, whatever our lives get, someone's going to hear from me in some way, shape, or form every month. You know, it might be a, you know, I'm, obviously I can't go to Florida and see Kev, but you know, it might be a phone call, might be um, you know, something that maybe isn't you know, hey, let's sit down and have dinner. But but I've been pretty good over the last couple of months of making sure that happens. And, and I agree, that's a very important part of, you know, it's always been my role in the, in the crew, right? Is I'm the one who always seems to be the facilitator that sort of brings us all together. But the one-on-one stuff tends to suffer when I'm focusing so much on getting everyone in the room at the same time. Yeah. And I think you're being a little humble there too. Like you actually sent out an email and made a statement that this was something that you were going to do, which I admired. And I think when you say you're always the one that has to do that, I think uh, you're also being a little humble. Out of the entire group, you're the most charismatic one. Yeah, if you say so. so. All right. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you that. You're, you're the, the, one, one, who, you're that, the that, one who speaks at keynotes, though. So let's just keep that in mind. I think you've got a little bit of that going on, I'm, too. No. That's just because I'm going to know it all. So that, I mean, I, I, let's be honest. Like if you go back and you look over time and friendship, I've probably pissed everyone off at some point because I'm a know it all. But I feel like what you are is you are that natural leader. You're, chariz- you're charismatic. You, when people, I mean, you, you, I remember seeing this in college, like we could walk into a room and you would have people leaning in. Like you are easy to get along with and people feel like when you're talking to them that you're investing time in them. So I think that email coming from you to the group was super important. Um, and it's some, yes, it's sometimes it may feel like you've got to be the one that's bringing everybody together. But I think that's because you're the one that everybody's got a core interest in too, because over the years we've all, we all have tangential friendships with each other, but we've all kind of, if you think about it, met each other through you. Yeah, somewhat, somewhat. Yeah, you might be right. Kev, I met through you. Brian, I met through you. And then Frank, you met through me at work, Mm -hmm. but you guys have your own kind of relationship through that. I feel like Frank and I, uh, while we get along great, I feel like you over the years have been the glue that keeps Frank involved, right? Um, And uh, who else do we have in that pot? Jeff, right? Jeff Jeff was for you. Jay. So it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, I, I would wear that, um, that role with honor, man. That's, that's definitely something you've earned. So I, you know, I would say, um, invest in, in personal time. And then I would say, maybe this is it. Maybe in what you're saying is that, um, in what your actions have said, I, I should say, is that it's investing in people. So being able to, you know, giving personal time, but also not making it a one-way street, not having a friendship where your friends are there to listen to you bitch about your life. This is something I'm telling my my kids, like, you need to like be helping someone, Mm -hmm. right? So um, that's, that's the thing though, right? You know, sometimes, and especially us, we tend to, you know, all of us, I mean, all of, all of the, the guys in our little circle are extremely capable and nobody asks for help for anything, you know? And so it's almost like you have to just show up 
<laughs> uninvited, you know, to, to help them, you know, finish the basement or help them, you know, I mean, I remember when you helped me move to my house, uh, I mean, I would not have been able to, to finish it without you. And I had been doing it for two days prior to that, you know, you showed up and it was like, you were my superhero. I mean, I think that's another important part of it is, is not just investing the time, but even being there when nobody's asking you to and understanding when they need you. Cause, cause we're not going to ask. Yeah, that's a male pride thing. It's so, <laughs> so, and I do get prodding too. I'll get prodding from my wife, like, "Hey, maybe you, you know, maybe Phil can come and help you move that, you know, like things like that." Um, but yeah, that's true. So I would say, how could we kind of phrase that in a in a in a way that's super digestible? Maybe it's um, seeing the need in others mm-hmm. and, and feeling maybe feel. Um, um, filling the need in others, even when they don't see it, when they don't see it. I think that's important over time because yeah, you're right. I can think of a million other times though, that you've done that for me uh, over the decades, right? I was just telling someone about when I was borrowing my brother's car, driving home from Newark, oh, boy. didn't have oil in the rotary engine. And I, the car stalled on the parkway where five lanes merge into one. This is like 280. Anybody up in Jersey, up around uh, 280 knows No this. cell phone, by the way. No cell phones. Yeah, no Yeah. Um, and the, the car just broke down. And uh, I remember calling home and they said, don't, don't uh, call back until you fix the car. <laughs> and I was like, all right. I'm, the only way I'm getting home is if Phil comes and picks me up. And you were right there. I don't even know how I got a hold of you. I must have like walked to a you, phone and called. No, you, you walked um, up the embankment on – this was on the parkway. You walked up the embankment on the parkway into some neighborhood and you knocked on someone's door. And I thought, man, this dude is brave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like – it was so crazy. It's just a crazy – it's a different world back then. But yeah, it's like relying on knowing that you'll be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, when any, so I was just th- I was just thinking about that the other day too. So man, you, you you've been there. Yeah, man, it's funny. You know, I, I um, you know, Kevin's in Florida, and, and I was telling him some of the stuff I'm doing with my with my house. And you know, the first words out of his mouth are, "Man, I wish I could just come and help." You know, I would we would just bang that out in a weekend; it'd be great. And it's like, who says that? You know, it's just. Uh, and obviously, I feel the same way. You know, he starts telling me about the new place he bought, and you know, I want to be there helping him with his landscaping and stuff. It's just a weird dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, again, I think that gets back into what we were talking about with guys in that it's very in the moment. So actually having a moment like that where you're helping each other, like you're going to have conversations about all other sorts of things too. And it's going to make it even more impactful, you know? And uh, yeah. 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 You know, another thing that I found is that when we spend time together, you know, whether, whether it's collectively or one-on-one, you know, a lot of times we're not talking about the stuff that's that's going on. We're talking about the things that actually do, you know, excite us and light our fires and, and the, the, you know, the things that, that keep us moving forward, you know. And that's uh, probably why, why we talk about gaming so much, while we talk about some of the, you know, home improvement projects, you know, um, stuff our kids are doing in sports, you know. The, I mean, all these things, you know, we're not – we don't get together and, and start um, bitching and moaning about, you know, this thing's wrong or that thing's wrong. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, that's true. No, that's absolutely true. I that's a great observation. I um or talking about others. There's not a lot of like everybody saying, "Oh, that the you know, somebody coming and complaining about work mm-hmm. and there's this person. I don't even know the names of people you work right. with." And vice versa, <laughs> right? Um and I think that's a healthy thing. And so maybe that's a part of a healthy relationship is that when you get together, I've always looked at it like I didn't come from a lot. And so I could lose everything. But as long as I have good friendships and my family, I can rebuild. Yeah. And so when I get together, I kind of let all that other stuff go because none of that's important. And, and so it's coming back to who you are and who are these people that you're around. And so you're right. Yeah, you do focus on what's got you excited. And I think because we've all been gamers, we've always had a little bit of if we're really enjoying something, we want the other people to yeah. play it. Like the last time we were together, you and Frank were playing that thing. Is that Crush yeah, Royale? Yeah, Crush Royale. Yep. You, yeah, you guys were playing that thing. 
And, Kev um, plays. Jeff yeah. plays. I don't know what you're waiting for, man. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's not my thing. And you you know this about me. It's I am very uh, binary when it comes to gaming. Yeah. Like if I love something, I won't shut up oh, about I, it. I know. And, I know. And then once I lose interest, even if I'm excited about it, if I've lost interest, it's dead to me. I'll never touch it. Yeah, usually right about when you sucker me into buying it is when you lose interest. And then I play by myself. I know. I was just, <laughs> I was just talking about this on a podcast, a uh, modern CTO podcast. I was talking about the way that I did my career where I, it's this natural – it's really this um, – this natural curiosity and the, the the wanting to learn something new is where I come alive. And then once I've figured out enough, I move mm-hmm. on. And that when I was growing up, my friends used to say is Bitsky burnout. Yeah. Oh, I, th- I believe I coined that one. Certain- Dave. I think I did. you did. And that was the case, certainly the case with video games because, and that was weird because you see different personality types. I mean, there are guys in our core group that we're out in the frontiers of DAOC hunting badgers uh-huh. for oh, years. Yeah. And I, I remember one day, like whatever game it was, I would go to the keyboard and I'd be like, I can't mm-hmm. do this. Like I literally couldn't hit the login button. And the day before I, it was the, the most fantastic thing in mm-hmm. my life. It's very, very weird like that for me. And so starting in game, as I've gotten older, because of I'm very careful of how I choose my time to do things is that way. And but this is what's great about being friends for so long. All of you guys t- didn't take that as Dave doesn't want to hang out with us. Right. You took that as it's just not something I'm not into. Yeah, well, I mean, after so like the we- fifth or sixth time, you know, it's hard to take it serious. It's hard to take it personally at that point. But the the, th- the thing yeah. that's always, you know, brought, I mean, and it's in my career, it's in, you know, the, the games, it's always about the relationship piece for me. You know, I mean, if you look at my career, I've spent, you know, I've had long stints pretty much everywhere I've been. And it's, 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 you know, you talked about, you know, learning this and that and then moving on, you know, for me, it's about the people, you know, I mean, one of the hardest things I ever had to do was leave my, my job when I was at Covanta to join the company where I am now, because I felt like I was letting down my boss, you know, I felt like I was letting down my team. And, you know, in the same way, the things that I really try and do now, um, you know, from a career perspective, have everything to do with building relationships with the people around me and not so much about, you know, what I'm learning anymore, you know, because because the learning piece, uh, at least in my role now, you know, I'm not highly technical anymore. Um, that ship has sailed, so to speak. I mean, I'm still learning, but it's not in the same ways. I'm learning more about how to get things done. Yeah, and I... um the, the the one thing that you were talking about too, when we get together and everybody's excited and the learning, um, I think if I have to give somebody a piece of advice, right, when it comes to friendship, be super careful who you choose to have those relationships with. If you choose somebody who's got a pessimistic um, chip on their shoulder, uh, all these things happen to me, life sucks. Like we don't have anybody nah. like that in our group. That affects you as a human being. You wind up actually complaining about other stuff. If anything, our whole group has been like, yeah, life's tough. Let's play video games together and laugh our Absolutely. butts off. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, our, our, and our glasses are all half full. Important. You know, I mean, that's that's probably one of the reasons why we get along so well is that, you know, even if we're having a down day, whatever it, it may be, you know, we just sort of, uh, you know, we put our, our big boy pants on and we, we shoulder on. You know, I mean, it's just soldier on rather. It's just what we do. Yeah, and I think that's that's something I'm trying to explain to my kids too is that I think as human beings, the more people that we're around, the people that we're around the most and we invest the most time in, you take pieces of. And that that helps mold your personality and you, the relationship and the, the 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 view that you have with life and everybody yeah. else. And you know what else is we're very simple, you know, I think each one of us when it comes down to it, like our perfect night together is is like somebody brings beer and then we cheeseburgers and yeah, and we just play, we play like Texas Hold'em or something. And you know, that's it. Like we just want to just sort of keep it easy. I mean, even, um, you know, the times that I've had a chance to go on vacation with Brian, for example, you know, what we do is not go on these elaborate, um, you know, whatever, island getaways we hop in the car we go um we go to like a river lodge and we just you know the wi-fi is awful and we just go out and and look at you know the fish swimming and stuff all day long you know we we keep it simple 
Yeah. And I, um, I think it was Billy Graham that said this, and I think it's absolutely true. There's two ways to be rich is one, you either earn a lot or two, you don't need a lot. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer in the, in the second piece is that your happiness and how you feel, whether you're successful or not, is if, how much do you really need out of life at one point? Cause I started hitting this now just within the past year of what more do I need kind of question, mm-hmm. you know, which I don't know if people even ask them themselves that, but that's been um, a big eye opener for me. Like I've, I realized that I was doing things and we, we could do a um, career and success and happiness on another show. But I think this is important in friendship because we've always talked to each other about what we think success is and, I think for guys, career is a big part of it. But for me, I realized if there was another, like if it didn't even matter how many people were in it, if there was some other like level or some other thing you could go at the company that you were, I had this deep rooted thing in me where I needed to prove to people that I was good enough for that. If that That makes makes sense. sense. And And it didn't even have to be more money. It didn't have to, it just, because that existed. And I think because I didn't have a lot growing up and, you know, was the first person to go to college in my family. And like, I always felt like I wasn't taken seriously Mm -hmm. and, and didn't realize how much that screwed me up until I was older. And then one day I said, I don't have to prove my uh, anything to anybody anymore. It's like my, my parents are proud of me. My friends are proud of me. You know, I love my family. Like, what am I doing this for? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've definitely shifted gears uh, over the last, you know, I want to say half a decade or so, you know, and again, my, you know, my role at work is a little bit different. My role now as a father is a little bit different where, you know, I'm really, I'm taking steps to make sure that other people are successful and not myself, you know, and and that's making me successful. You know, when, when the people on my team at work, for example, are kicking butt and, you know, achieving, you know, whatever, getting promotions, getting raises, you know, um, you know, finishing major projects, or if my kids, you know, I remember just a couple of weeks ago, I taught my son what to do if a pop fly comes into the outfield, you know, because little kids, their instinct is just to run, like run at the ball and then it goes over their head. You know, when I saw him take a couple of steps back, wait, then take a step forward and catch the ball. I was like, all right, you know, like that, that was, that was me succeeding in a way, even though it had nothing necessarily to do it's, with it. It's, le- it's yeah. legacy, which has become super important to me. Um, the older I got is I start to think about when I'm gone. I mean, that's why when you and I started talking about doing a podcast, that's part of this too, is that our kids and our grandkids and our great grandkids, when we put this out there, yeah, people may judge it and everybody may have different opinions on it, but it's legacy. It's there for our family and, and people to look back on and it could be a historian, you know, yeah, Thousands of years from now, being like, what did they talk about in uh, 2018? Oh, so, so I've got I've got a couple of CDs, right? Um, this is how old this is, but of my grandparents, my uh, my cousins interviewed them about their experiences in World War II, and so whenever oh, wow. I, whenever I, I want that. to, I can listen, I can hear my grandmother's voice again, you know. And so when you approach me about this, you know, I just I sort of equated it to that. I said, you know, my kids right now are going to think this is lame. They're going to think that I'm, you know, whatever. Being, being dad, right? But um, they're going to be forty years old before I know it, and and hopefully I'll sp- still be around when when they do. But they'll have this to uh, to listen to, you know, which is great. Absolutely. And what I love about podcasts and this format is none of this is scripted. This is like us hanging yeah. out and just having the talks that we used to have. So it's very honest and real and there's nothing sugar-coated and i'm sure as we go along there's going to be some episodes in here where we where we might ruffle some feathers or we'll hear from somebody being like i couldn't i can't believe you talked about that and i'm going to be like that happened 20 years ago it doesn't matter anymore (laughs) right because i think that's what as time goes by everything's just a story you know i I think about companies that i slaved away at you know 15 20 plus years ago and that's just like a couple words I tell people. Yeah. Yes, I did this job it's, there. Right. It's a footnote. It's not- <laughs> yeah. Have you ever read? Yeah. Have you ever um, read the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? I, I tell people to read this thing all the time. Yeah. So I'm not getting paid for this, by the way. But um, 
<laughs> one of the one of the yeah. you know one of the habits they um they have you go through this exercise where you where you imagine yourself at your own funeral and um it's just a re- it was it's it's one of these things where once you do it and and you know they they really want you to to you know really picture it really envision yourself and you want someone from your community to speak about you you want someone from your family to speak about you and you want someone from your career to speak about you and what are the things that you want them to say and yeah, yeah and that, that's exactly that's those are the things you should be working for now because that's what you value that's what's important yeah i love that book and uh how to win friends and influence yeah, people. yeah that's a good one um the, the, all that still applies because we're still the same human beings we've always been even if technology's changed uh it's funny bezos has a thing that he says which is very similar to what you just talked about at the funeral he calls it the regret minimization mm-hmm. engine and the idea is that when you're 80 years old what are all the things you would regret not doing? So if you have an opportunity, um, and I've always looked at this like as job opportunities come along where I'm like, wow, this is going to be such a huge impact now. But when I'm 80 years old and I say, I wish I would have done that, you don't get that back. And so if you look at life that way, because ultimately um, there's another book I think I told you about. It's like – how to live like you're 50 to 90 and beyond. Uh, and he talks a lot in that book about the third stage of life. And I've been thinking about mm-hmm. that a lot lately. He was a, one of the writers was a high profile lawyer in New York. And he's like, you have to understand when you get to your third stage of life, that didn't matter. Right. What I did didn't matter. Everybody's the same. Right. And so it reminded me almost of like grade school, right? Where like, it didn't matter where what your background was, how much money your family had, or what your potential was, everybody was sitting in that school and class. Oh yeah, so so as <laughs> as you know, out. I used to work in a retirement community on the golf course there, right? And I didn't yeah, I didn't know what yeah. any of these people did for a living prior to that. You know, they all sh- they all showed up, and they all just you know were doing the same thing in the community. They were doing their golf thing. You know, they had a little barber shop there. I mean, it's it was the grand equalizer. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, this isn't too bad. You know, I think uh, if I wind up here one day, I, I will have considered myself successful. Exactly. And I think that's the way you've got to approach the day-to-day. You said something years ago where you said, um, I want to try and remember this correctly. You said something like, I don't sweat uh, I only worry about the yeah. big things. I never worry about the little yep. things. And that is true. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, and that's kind of like how to look to look back on this. Cause I see that all the time. I see that in at work. I see that in my own family or is, I think most people get stress because they're worried about every little decision. But if you could pull yourself back and say, does this actually matter when I'm 80? Yeah. No, ninety nine point nine percent of the stuff. Well, what what I what I was yeah. experiencing and learning through was the fact that all the little things were going wrong for me, you know, and but the big things weren't, and I had to ask myself, well, why is that, you know? And it's because these little failures right. were leading to big successes, and so, um, you know, I guess the the lesson learned there was, well, then don't sweat it because you'll get through it. Yeah, I uh, and that's a great way to put it. I've learned. I've, I've learned more about myself and I've grown more as a person when people have said no to me and life, life has said no to me because that's, uh, you know, part of being a know-it-all my whole life was I, even as a kid, and I can see this in my oldest now too, is I always felt like if I could just explain it, if I could just work it out, we could like, you know, I could just force mm-hmm. will things no, to yeah. happen. And then when life says, nope, that isn't happening. You have you're forced to reassess and grow right. as a person. Absolutely. Well, man, we uh, we were super over on time, but this was a great first episode, and we'll try and do this every week. I know we've we've gotten a lot of topics that we started to th- to think about here. Yeah, I thought it worked pretty well. You know, um, I'm always historically a listener in my relationships, and so I was curious to see how this would work out. But I think the back and forth uh, shows we've known each other for a little while. <laughs> oh yeah because i have a tendency not to shut up and uh i tried not to go off on too many tangents but i think that's uh yeah i i, I you are definitely a, a great listener but i felt like um it's been a good back and forth i did not want this to be a uh 
me talking and you yeah, nodding. Man. If anything, this was a, you, you shared way better stuff than me. Well, that remains to be seen. I don't, I don't agree, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see how we do. I'm looking forward to the next one.